1: Red eyes staring back at me. That they're gonna show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point it kind of converge into this one entity which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old and at that point it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, way, it couldn't have been a person, I know that.
0: back to the show. I am your host, Eric Salagi. If you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. Please remember to leave us a five-star rating and review where you can and share the show with others. That's the best way to help get uncomfortable showing up in new listeners' recommended feeds. I'll keep reminding you, to make sure and check the show notes below uh, for a couple of links. One being the Uncomfortable Merchandise, which is only going to be available through March 5th. So if you're interested in helping support the show and looking great while you're doing it, please make sure you check out the link. And again, the merchandise will only be available through March 5th. Also, in the show notes, you will find the link to the Uncomfortable Discord server. We started this at the beginning of January, and I have to tell you, been a lot of fun, something I really was not expecting. And for the past three Fridays in a row, we've done a live chat in one of the voice channels called Campfire. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, we've had nearly 20 people in there last night. From time to time, uh, a couple of people were in and out. I'd say 16 of them probably stayed for the entire three hours plus that we were in there. Lots of great conversation, great ideas being thrown back and forth. Just a terrific way to wind down the week. So if you're interested in joining, check out the link for the Discord, and I look to see you there soon. Tonight's guest, again, we kind of go to the Michigan-Ohio region of the U.S., right along the the state line in particular. Uh, He's a bit of a weekend warrior as it comes to the investigation of Bigfoot in these uh, Midwestern areas. We had a call a short time ago, and I was surprised when he mentioned uh, that he hoped that Bigfoot wasn't the only thing that we were going to be talking about uh, because he's seen some other weird things for that area, so I'm excited to get into that. I'm not going to lie, that piqued my interest, and uh, I'm excited to see where that goes. A little bit of backstory about this gentleman and I, we actually had uh, taken part of a friendly competition earlier uh, back last year at the Michigan Bigfoot Conference where we competed against each other in a Bigfoot calling contest. I'm not going to lie, I let out a doozy, and I did not think anyone was going to be able to touch me until this gentleman came up. Now, I'm not going to say that he blew me out of the water, but the judges did see fit to uh to give him the uh, the win on that so he's a great guy quite a character and i think you're going to enjoy the discussion i have with him so if you're ready let's get into it If you will, please give a warm, uncomfortable welcome to Mr. Bob Lemley. Bob, welcome to Uncomfortable.
1: Hey Eric, how you doing? I'm hey, doing Should good. I use my DJ voice too? I mean, I you're doing your <laughs> DJ voice, I could do that. No, nah, that ain't no fun. That ain't. <laughs> uh,
0: so we uh, we had a pretty good uh, we had a pretty good competition going there for a for a little bit, and I, I you know no disrespect to the uh, the judges, um, but somehow or another. You took first. There was a woman who placed between you and I. She beat me out for, for third place, and I, that I, I just I question that whole thing because honestly, no disrespect to her, but I did not think her uh, her call was anywhere near uh, what what I put out there. But uh, kudos to you, sir. You you uh, you won that competition fair and square.
1: Yeah, uh, don't forget Dana Norello. He uh, he contested. He, he thought he was a winner. Did he? I can't forget him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was, that was a good day. There you go,
1: day. Dana. I hope you liked that one, Tweety.
0: <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That <laughs> was a good day.
1: That was. That that, that was. Sold some shirks that day, too.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think we all did very well that day. Uh, it was a good lineup of speakers. We had Bob Kreider, Val Zavala, uh, Russ Accord, um, Lyle Blackburn. Lyle uh, Blackburn. Who else did we have?
1: Keith uh, the Crypto the, Punk.
0: Yep, yep. He was there. Uh, we had...
1: Um, Adam
0: Davies Adam, was there with
1: Gwendolyn. Yeah. He was just there to promote uh, the Fold, their new group, but he ended up, I think... Uh, he took part out with a little the bit. Russell. Yeah. Yeah, Russell called him up. The best part is when Russell had that old man put his backpack and
0: on. hike around the entire him, complex.
1: Yeah, I was the one who yelled that he went outside. That was me yelling. <laughs> and nice. it was like me and Lyle decided, hey, maybe we should go outside and check out on this hill. Make sure this guy's Okay. Yeah. But he was that old guy. Was a trooper. He made yep. it all around back in. That was cool. That they was did. a good time. That yeah, it was. It's kind of sad that there's not going to be any of those.
0: Well, it is. I it guess. is kind of sad. Um, I guess if there's any any saving grace, I might as well say it officially now. Um, you know, Bigfoot and Bruise started last year with the first uh, the first ever, and it looks like it's going to happen again this year. We're looking uh, either September 9th or September 16th, I believe, is the date. We haven't solidified that yet, but uh, that's the weekends that we're we're leaning towards. Leaning probably heavier towards the 16th. Uh, I'm going to have a meeting with the brewery here shortly, get everything uh, ironed out, and then I guess we'll make the official announcement once we do that. So rest... Rest easy that we won't be without a Bigfoot conference. It just won't be the Michigan Bigfoot conference, um, and I don't know what that I don't know what that does to to it Bigfoot and Bruce makes
1: me the reigning. Champion, undefeated. Yeah, it does what it does.
0: Uncontested. Um, <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what that ends up looking like, though, for Bigfoot and Brews. I don't know if that's going to mean since we're down a, a convention, is that going to mean an influx of people coming to Bigfoot and Brews? If so, the brewery is going to have to be able to assure me that they're going to be able to take care of. Uh, a number more people coming uh, than what we had this past year. I think we I think we were in around the 150 mark. Um, if we're looking at another 100 people, I got to get them to agree that they'll be able to handle that many people. So uh, that's a conversation that so it's going to be coming up here uh, very quick, and we need to pull the trigger on it if we're going to do it again. So I would like to, and got a lot of people that really really enjoyed themselves. I said it was a great day. Um, I see no reason not to do it again. It's just a matter if uh, the brewery can handle it. So,
1: I'm sorry I missed it. I mean, you know, I was, I was invited out to it, but all oh, last year I was having so many car problems. But yeah. not this year. I got that all taken care of. So That's good. I'm looking forward to it. I'm truly looking forward
0: to it. Well, enough of uh, enough of all that. Let's get into let's get into why I got a hold of you. We can do that. Tell me what. Uh, First of all, let's get into you know what what struck your interest, what what brought you into this whole cryptid uh, realm, and uh, and where's it led you? What what have you been doing with it?
1: Man, I've always been a monster freak ever since I was a kid. I mean, I was the kid that had all the monster uh, models, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, and all that. And you know, everybody talks about. Oh, I remember seeing the the videos and Dan Sullivan. I remember seeing the Patterson Gimlin on TV. I don't remember what show was. I was just a little kid, but I do remember laying on the ground in front of my parents watching TV. That's when TVs were furniture, you know, (laughs) real wooden boxes. And I was just awestruck. I was like, wow, they exist. And so I've been hooked, but, and then, you know, my whole life, I've been an outdoorsman. I mean, you know, my parents, we had a cabin up in Claire County, Michigan. And, and every, that's all I ever did. I you know, was raised in southern Ohio, and that's all I did. I, You know, my bicycle was just always out in the woods, you know, or fishing, just always. And as I, you know, got older and I started going by myself, especially up in Michigan, I was hearing things that I just couldn't explain. And I, I thought I knew everything, you know. I know what bobcats sound like and deer and elk and all that stuff. I know what all that sounds like. I started hearing things, hey, man, what is this? But you know, that was back in the late eighties and stuff and it just wasn't anything to go talking around, hey man, I you know, I'm bigfoot, you know, people yeah. will look at you like but then uh eighty nine, that's when it all opened up. I was up there with my brother, we were ho hunting up in Masaukee County, and there he was. And that's what really got the ball rolling.
0: There he was.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got to uh, expand on that a little bit. <laughs> it was, you know, first of October, Michigan bow seasons, you know. And we went up to his father-in-law's place, and he had, I don't know, like 125 acres up in Milwaukee County. And uh, he said, hey, let's go up there. I said, okay. And we went up there, and I'll kind of give you a layout plan. You know, you, you got the cabin, and just – to the right of the cabin, there's like 25 acres where they used to raise Christmas trees. And the rest of the land is just hardwoods. And back in the far corner were the Christmas trees. There was like a little area that was cleared out, and there was one apple tree. I'm like, okay, so that's that's. I'm hunting that spot. And my brother decided he's going to go deeper into the hardwoods. So we went and we got our tree stands all set up, and opening day came along and We got no stands and I'm set up to where I can kind of look in the woods, kind of look at the apple tree and still get a clear shot with my bow. I hear this rustling and it was in the, in the woods. So I kind of turn around and I'm looking and uh, a lot of popple trees up there. And this popple tree was probably maybe, I don't know, coaster size in diameter. So was that? Six inches in diameter, five Mm -hmm. inches, something like that. And it was just shaking it. I am thinking, at first I'm thinking, what's my brother doing? Why is he shaking the tree? What, what, what's he shaking? Then I got to look. I said, well, you know, that's kind of big and bulky for my brother. I thought, wow, that's a bear. And then a clearing like a beam of light, man, come and I hit it. I'm like, holy smokes, that's not a bear. That thing, I could see it because it was probably 35 yards out. It had a grip on the tree. It had a grip. It wasn't pushing. It had a grip. It was holding it. And I'm like, that thing's got hands. I was like, oh, my God, that's a Bigfoot. And by this time, all the freakiness went out. I wasn't all, you know, freaking out. I was like, I started laughing. I thought, because it's I don't know, maybe five foot tall. And it was just, so it was a small one. And I'm laughing because it's shaking this tree. And I'm just sitting there laughing. And then I heard another noise, you know, back where the apple tree was, and I turned, nothing, I looked back, and he was gone. And, I was coming about noon, and I was talking to my brother, and he comes up, he goes, what the hell are you doing, shaking that tree? I go, it wasn't me, I thought it was you. He goes, oh, it must have been a bear. And I said, well, no, that wasn't a bear. And I told him what it was, and he goes, there's no such thing as Bigfoot up here. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah that 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 was that was fascinating that that was it and I'm like there's more to this and so, I've been going up in that area a lot
0: so thirty thirty five yards away roughly you you're you, you got a good enough look at it to see that its fingers are wrapped around the the tree so you know it's got hands what what else are you seeing that you can you can give me a detailed description of
1: well I I, I know it was a male because so I didn't see no breast and it was it was black. But the head, I'm going to get flack for this. It wasn't conical. It wasn't cone-shaped. It didn't have a brow ridge. It was more human-shaped. It looked more human. And dare I say, oh, God, people, don't judge me for this one. It looked a lot like the Todd standing video, actually. Really? Yeah. Like, people, please don't
0: judge me because I'm not – fans well, just, it's, a, it, it's a good comparison though because it does yeah, have more it, more human features than than what typically are related but you know i mean there's a lot of people out there that you know their descriptions favor uh the the facial construction of a of native americans
1: oh yeah well yeah i, I mean I could see that because it had high cheekbones. I could see it had high cheekbones. It just didn't have the brow ridge. and didn't have the conical head. It was, you know, human-shaped. You know, it had a flat nose and it had, you know, lips, big mouth, you know, and it was just built like a short, built like Lyle Alzado, if you remember him. (laughs) You know, I mean, yeah, may he rest in peace. He was just short and built. You know, like a linebacker, man. It was just, you know, it was cool. Did you? I just wish I.
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I just wish I could have seen it walk away.
0: But did, did you ever? Did you ever venture over to that area and and see if you could find any prints or anything?
1: Yeah, but I mean, up there, there's just so much leaf litter on the ground, and you know, there's still grass. I mean, it's first of October and sure. stuff, and so, but in that area up there, I mean, I don't. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been that far north. It's it's kind of sets between Houghton Lake, and you know where that's at, yeah. and uh, Cadillac. Okay. Or, you know, and it's, it's sandy. And so, yeah, I didn't see – I wish I did. But then again, back then, I, you know, if I knew now, and what I know now, if I knew it back then, that would have been a different story. But – but no, I didn't, not, 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 not that one anyways.
0: i tell you, you, you bring up Cadillac and years ago, back in the, uh, in the late eighties, I had a couple of friends of mine that had snowmobiles and they asked me to go along on a snowmobile trip. I didn't have one of my own, but they had a spare one. I did not realize that it was built on spare parts. Um, but I did realize that once we got up there because, you know, the, the one guy, his was like a um, practically like a living room couch, you know, really plush. I think you could fit three people on the on the seat, no problem. The other guy, his was a little bit more of a racy uh, kind. And of the one I look, the, the one I lucked out with, this thing looked like it was circa 1972. Um, and you know, we got we got up to we left work uh, at five o'clock. And we headed up to Cadillac. We got up there. It was late. We got everything unpacked into the uh, into the room, and then they were like, "Oh, let's go for a let's go for a late night ride." Well, we all got started, and uh, you know, th- I mean, this the the park or uh, the forest that we were in, big, uh, very big, and we're going down these paths, and you know mine was just barely putting along and these other two are you know flying so i'm i'm way behind their their taillights and honestly you know the the depth of the the forest up there um i i literally i literally had a little bit of anxiety because I'm like, you know, I'm not going that fast, and if something were to reach out from behind one of these trees, it could yank my ass off the back of the sled, no problem. And were I, you
1: in, were you in the pine ticket? Yeah, in that area of the forest. Yeah, all those jack pines. Yes, yeah.
0: That's yeah, that gets creepy. It really was. It was. It was very creepy. And then the next day, we uh, we got up early, we had breakfast, and then we went on quite a quite a long uh quite a long ride and we wound it up we wound up in luther michigan i don't know if you know where that is
1: yeah that's south of where you were at
0: and luther yeah, but yeah it is we we wound up running out of snow we ran to the edge of luther and there was no more snow and as soon oh, as, no. as soon as i stopped my sled because we were going to go into a restaurant there for lunch as soon as i stop my sled the suspension on it just went crash it went down to the ground and I was like oh god and uh so we went into this bar and it, this was like something out of a movie we walk into this bar it's midday and we ask the guys like uh behind the bar the the bartender it's like you know one of our sleds broke down Do you know anybody that would be willing to give one of us a ride back to Cadillac so we can get the truck with the the trailer and get this thing out of here? And the guy literally, without saying a word, he just picked up his arm and he pointed to the back of the bar. And at the back of the bar, there was a little round table in the corner with a real low-lung light hanging over it. And there's this silhouette of a man in in an old Army field jacket. And... (laughs) We walked up to him and said, "Excuse me, sir. Uh, you know, if we paid you, would there be any chance that you could take us back to <coughs> Cadillac to get our truck and trailer?" This guy was the weirdest, weirdest dude. He he looked like he was a Vietnam vet. He looked the age. He had long, straggly uh, gray hair, um, not very clean shaven. Obviously he you know he had the the flak or the military jacket on and very they
1: did back then. very <laughs> very, <laughs>
0: very few words out of this man and he looked at us for an uncomfortable long length of time and he then he just shook his head yes. He ended up taking one of us and you know it was it was a considerable amount of time before he got back. And when we got back we offered to pay him, and he's like, "Nope, I'm not gonna take your money. You boys are gonna come have dinner with me and oh,
1: that's scary,
0: and, <laughs> and all three of us looked at each other like, uh, we're gonna what?" and he's like, "You guys are coming to dinner to my house and it was it was a it was not a asking, it was you know, I'm telling you you're coming so." We got the sleds loaded up. We got in our truck, and we started driving behind him, following him. Well, we were on the highway to go back to Cadillac. And we got to a, uh, a an offshoot road that looked like it was dirt. <laughs> and he he turned down that road. And the guy driving looked over at me, and I was like, nope keep going <laughs> keep going and uh so you know we offered to pay for him we were thankful that he gave us a ride but there was no way in hell i was going to wind up duct taped and stuck in somebody's uh closet door until he got hungry again it wasn't happening so that's just it all the
1: all the roads up there are dirt roads except for the main yeah, drags yeah <laughs> that's funny though that,
0: that was scary as shit i'm not gonna lie <laughs> it sounds like a <laughs> B type horror movie. It, it's exactly what it felt like too. It's like, i've dude, I've seen this before. We are not going there. No.
1: I, you know, I had an experience out that way because you know the general area. Uh, there's a road. Uh, you know where the airport is in Cadillac. Yeah. Okay that that main road. I think that that's Boone Road. Could be and if you take that. Yeah, you take that west, you take that, and you go about ten miles, you come to Boone, and you cross these tracks, and they they go over the road diagonal, and then the road curves to the right, takes you in town, but if you go straight, that takes you back into Manistee National Forest, and I did that one day, and I, I mean I drove way back there, and the road come came around, and it was it was hilly and stuff, and I come to. Uh, I think it was a fire line. I don't, cause I don't remember seeing high power waters. And again, this was like, you know, first of October, it was nice. Cause a buddy of mine lived up there. He lived in Boone Bo, house, his property. And I stopped her, you know, where that, that clearing was. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, you know, what, I'm going to sit here and have my lunch here. It's really nice. And that was one of the, uh, experiences I had that I couldn't explain. Cause I started hearing these noises. And it almost, it reminded me of an elk. And I started thinking, well, wait a minute here, man. Elks all the way on the other side of the state. They're, they're 150 miles away from here. They're over there, you know, Mayo and in that area, you know, there's no elk around here. I know this area. There's none. And I also said, but it doesn't quite sound like an elk. And I knew, you know, like they got the elk calls and not all elks elk sound the same, but, are you talking just, more like a, a bugling, a bugling noise? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was a bugle. It was an elk bugle, but it wasn't an elk. And I know, you know, they get you know, all elks sound a little different because I've elk out west and you know heard them and stuff. But it just it didn't quite sound right. And I to this day I don't know. And now I'm like that had to be a bigfoot, and that's why this I plan on going back. I want to go back there this year. My friend no longer lives up there. Uh, I know some, a few people, like some squatters are in the area, but I want to go back there. I, I think I talked to you about that.
0: Yeah, you, yeah, I think you did.
1: Yeah, You know, I just, I mean, I just think, my honest opinion, I just, I think Michigan should be and will be the next breakout state for Bigfoot. I
0: really do. Well, you know, I, I've talked about this on, on other episodes. I, I was privy to um, some recordings. Um, the gentleman that gave them to me got permission to share them with me, but I do not have, sh- I do not have permission to air them. Um, so you have to go by what I say. Um, and, and I will tell you with the, the two different recordings that I heard, you could put these up against the Sierra Sounds any day of the week, and you would swear... That that was additional footage that um, that Ron Moore had caught in the Sierras. The only thing is that these recordings came from the Yankee Springs area, just south of Grand Rapids, and the production, the production that you could hear going on in the recordings. There were multiple guys. They were talking about specific types of recording equipment that they were using, and you could hear clear as day knocks these were not things these were not things that were a considerable distance away from the gentlemen that were recording them they were relatively close and it was the same samurai chatter whatever you want to refer to it as but it was it was the same type of vocalizations there were also whoops there were hoops there were uh, clacking noises um, I'm still not sure that that's necessarily produced by smacking rocks together. I think maybe that might be something that they can do with their tongue and their mouth. Um, it, I'm telling you, man, phenomenal, phenomenal recordings. And and right from the Yankee Springs area.
1: Is that, that's, uh, I'm trying to remember,
0: isn't that like by the Tornapple River? That I can't tell you. I don't know. I don't know that area that well. I don't know if the, that river is in there or not. But I know, I, know. I know it came from the Yankee Springs area.
1: What's fascinating about that is that, you know, and, and you know as well as I do, Michigan, you, you think of that, you, you think of like being north of uh, 10 or something up there where you're getting into the deep northwood. you don't think of that like south of 96 or 94 where it's more... Uh, Open and agricultural. You know, right. I mean, there are woods and stuff yeah. like that. And and there is that, I don't remember the name of it. since there a big military base in that area somewhere? It's mm. <clears throat> an offense but, but that's what's cool. Like, you know, you talk about, you know, I can't pronounce it. Whatever you said, the beer and going to be. I can't say that. <laughs> there you go. What you said. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, because I've been like the Pawpaw in and, 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 and all those areas up in that area, you know. And, yeah, you just wouldn't think they're there. But but they are, you know. And even like you get up, you know, get down into Indiana and you start getting around, you know, LaGrange County and stuff like that and maybe uh, uh, Angola or in Fremont, turn around there too, man. Yeah. It's just it's just fascinating, you know. Well, I had where they where they are.
0: I had Jill uh, Jill Ziegler on uh, one of my episodes. Uh, I think we named the episode "The Morgan County Howler," and she's down there in Morgan County, Indiana. And yes. you know that that's some weird howling that's going on. You know, I've played that recording for several people that I know that are much like you, out in the woods all the time, hunting various seasons throughout the year. And it doesn't really line up with a, a coyote. Or it Doesn't really line up with a wolf. Doesn't really line up with a, a canine. Um, it's it's just some strange sounding stuff. And this last October, we were me and another gentleman, buddy of mine. We were we got permission from her to come down and and camp on her property. Well. We just so happened, just so happened, we ended up getting like a week worth of rain down there that just washed everything out. Everything was mud. We couldn't, there was no possible way that we were going to be able to camp out down there. And, uh, she ended up getting a fairly good print on her property that she poured, um, she poured plaster into the, into the footprint and she had to leave it in there for so long because it took so long for it to dry out. You know, it was, like I said, it was October, it was rainy, so it took a long time for the dry, the, and, and the cast broke in half. But I'm telling you, you can see some pretty good definition that whatever it was, was not wearing a shoe. It is not something that was left behind by a, a work boot or, or anything like that. It was a barefoot. And uh, I just, I wish that, I wish the conditions would have been better or she could have covered it in some way to to get a better print out of it. But pretty convincing nonetheless.
1: I, uh, that, that reminds me of a, a few years ago when I first started, you know, driving around. And I'd drive around up there, and it was my son and my youngest daughter. And uh, it was like... It was April. I know that. I don't remember that. It was April, and we went to Hillsdale County. Mm-hmm. we up driving around mm-hmm. Lost Nations, and we're going down this one road, and they just built this. I don't know if you want to call it a, a culvert or uh, a small bridge because they're stream, Well, actually, it's a river it, it is called the Saint, uh, the, the Saint Joseph's of the Maumee. It's a long title for a river, so it's the Saint Joe River up there, and uh, it's a great trout stream well at any rate you know my kids were kind of like on the trail and I walked on the bridge and there was a sandbar that come off of it and I'm looking down and it was still clean you know there was no vegetation on the sandbar but there was these footprints Man, mean they couldn't have been six seven inches but they were really deep in the sand and this creek It well you know the area it never freezes because it's a cold, you know, I guess artesian spring. It moves fast and the water is crystal clear and it's deep. You know, it holds trout. It's probably I would say at least three foot deep. And I'm looking at these small prints and I'm thinking who the hell would let your kids go barefoot? And I start thinking, I said, yeah, especially when it's you know first in April and that water's ice cold. It may not freeze, but it's ice cold. So I thought, you know, there is no kid that can jump from that sandbar. The sandbar was in the middle of the stream. It divided it. You mm-hmm. know, like you know how you know, and there was like three footsteps and they were really deep. I didn't go out on the sandbar because I didn't want a chance getting wet. But they were they were deep. I would say they're probably six inches deep in that sand. So I don't know if it was soft sand or what, but there was like three and then to the bank, like we're jumped over to the bank and then there was a couple on bank and then I lost them. I got pictures of them, but I got them on an old phone that died a couple of years ago. Maybe I can retrieve them. I thought about that and see if I can get the, you know, the phone turned on and maybe mm. download the pictures onto my computer. But I do have pictures of those up there. That was in, the Lost Nations area in Hillsdale, Michigan. You know, and I found I found some other footprints up there, but they, they weren't castable because one was along the road and like just there You know, it's like a dirt gravel road, but you could see you could see the outline of footprint. You know, yeah. right on the edge, like on the shoulder.
0: How, you clo- know, I got, how close? I do have pictures. Of that. how close to the West Branch are we talking? Is it in the neighborhood of West, oh, Branch? Oh,
1: West Branch, Michigan? Yeah. Oh, it's that's. West Branch is way north. Way uh, north. Okay. Hillsdale County, it's 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 right there at the uh, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio border, like the tri okay. tri state area. The only th- the only reason I was have-
0: the only reason I was thinking is uh, one of the one of the gentlemen I had on the when I hosted the uh, the town hall meeting at West Branch last uh, last April, um, he came on. He was talking, and they had found his son had actually found it on the on the banks of the river in April and it was a barefoot footprint in the mud alongside the edge of the river um but it was early april you know the same thing who 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 would let their kid walk around and it was a small it was a smaller print uh, who would let their kid walk around barefoot in freezing cold winter uh, water at that time of the year doesn't make any sense
1: right I, I found another print, but that was up in the UP that was just a couple of years ago. That was off a branch of the uh, uh and it was south of Dequamanon Falls and that was up in Hiawatha and that was right on the edge and it was mucky and stuff and I'm like who who would do that? Yeah. That was a weird trip. I got some i I got some good pictures of that too because i uh I found out some pines there are a cluster of pines up there. And about 12 foot up, just pines, I I don't know how big an area it was in, maybe uh, 20, I'm trying to compare like, the size of where I'm sitting here. I would say 20 foot by 20 foot area where, you know, you know how the jack pines are in Michigan. All the tops were snapped off. And there, again, they were probably, you know, four inch diameter, you know, they were fairly healthy on top. I thought, Wait a minute here, and I thought, well, no man is going to do that because they were snapped. They weren't cut; they were snapped. And I found those. I found those limbs that were snapped. Did you? They really? were laying across. Yeah, they were laying across the uh, the creek bed. They I found the, the branch of the uh, the Quaminon Falls or Quamichan River there. That footprint was heading towards there, and they were laid across. And I talked to us. Uh, Ken and Bob Croyer about this at the very first uh, Michigan Bigfoot conference two years ago, if yeah. you remember that one. Sure. The one that was in Ann Arbor. It, yep. and, uh, and <laughs> me and Robert Croyer, we were kind of – it was getting heated between us because I'm saying because the time I went up there, it was extremely hot for the UP. I mean, it was like 90, 95 degrees and humid. And I'm, I'm thinking, because that water's cold. And I'm thinking, well, hey, that's a natural air conditioner. Put those branches across the creek, lay on those branches. You know, that's cold water. That'd be a nice breeze, you know, make you nice and cool. And he said, it, it, it's, you know, I'm not saying he's wrong. You know, I, I Ronald Carter, he's got all my respect and we're, sure. we're, we're friends. Absolutely. Uh, he, he said it could have been a fish trap because he was like, was there crawdads? And I'm like, thinking about it, I said, no, that, that's sandy bottom. And I honestly, my opinion, I think that water's too cold for crawl dance. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe trout or suckers or something like that. Maybe. You know, but, I, you know, I, I'm saying it was like, like a nest, you know, just so they cool off. But, yeah, that, that, was, that was an interesting mm-hmm. trip up there, too. That's why I say Michigan is just full and just in most unusual spots. I mean, you know, there's an area – in my area there well there's a metro park called Oak Openings and in Ohio they got an area called the Oak Openings region. And I was and that's kind of what I've been checking out here that you know people say, oh, you gotta go check that area out. So okay. And I've actually got online to check that area out. The Oak Openings region runs basically from Grand Rapids, Ohio by the Maumee River all the way up to uh well the uh Metro Airport, there in Ross, in in, uh, in, in Romulus, right there off ninety four, yeah, and all that. If you look on the map, you can Google it. It runs all the way up. But that's a big area, and there's a lot of weird things happening in that area. Bigfoot sightings, uh, well, you know, the UFO sightings, the one that crashed there in Pennsylvania, there, in, uh, Chestnut Ridge or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's the same UFO that. Reported, you know, they saw Michigan and Ohio. That's right. that's right. the same one. It was that area that it was cited, you know. And I heard other weird things, you know. I don't know much about like the dog man thing, but just just other.
0: Uh, well, there's a couple other guys. Gnomes.
1: I know. I've heard really? people say they they yeah the, the, the uh you know that that's what I'm like wow that's weird. Uh, portals, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not. I mean, I did paranormal ghosts and stuff, but you know, I'll let you guys know. I am. I'm an outdoorsman, so to me, it's you know, flesh and blood. Yeah, that's just just my theory. I'm not saying anybody else is wrong because I don't know. I haven't seen them. So
0: the more the more that I'm into this, and on all sides of it, you know, I mean, I'm I love Bigfoot it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart, but I also, um, I'm very into the paranormal and, you know, even more so now lately getting into the, the, the spiritual type, uh, portions of the paranormal. Um, so I, you know, I entertain it all and, and there aren't that many things that I discount and uh, i had a a good conversation with a friend of mine and you know we were talking about you know good and evil and you know how certain people's religious bias you know however they grew up or whatever the influence of the family and and the upbringing you know whether you were born into a catholic or christian home or you know protestant or this or that does that affect how you perceive things in your everyday natural world you know does just because something goes bump in the night, is it evil? Because you have been taught that, uh, because of your religious beliefs, you know anything to do with the spiritual it would be would be evil. Um, but I'm starting to think that you know, like even in the case of portals, you know, when I hate using that word because when I hear the word portal. I see this mystical ring open up with all kinds of swirly shit going on and you know something that looks extremely out of place. But
1: maybe I think a stargate.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but I'm 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 starting to try to look at, you know, the idea of a portal being something that is is maybe uh, just slightly off of being a mirror image of what it, you know, what it's in the area that it's in. And you know, maybe those things are just natural. You know, maybe they're not supernatural. Maybe they're just a part of everything that is.
1: Like a magnetic
0: type. Yeah, maybe it's just there. You know, maybe it doesn't have to be anything crazy and supernatural. You know, it it may affect weird things happening, but
1: um, You know, I don't I don't know. I mean, cuz even you know, the Native Americans and the first nations in
0: Canada they talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's what leads me to believe. You know, everybody nowadays, you know, they talk about CERN and they talk about this and they talk about atomic weapons, you know, and all this stuff and you know how we've ruined the earth and you know we're opening portals with all this set science and technology, and that's why I kind of lean towards this stuff being more natural as a just things we don't understand about our own natural. Phenomenons, because the the Native Americans, like you said, they had they've got stories that have been handed down that are when you hear them, they're every it, it's they're talking about portals, you know. Yeah, oh, I agree, I agree. I mean, but they
1: talk about a lot of things too. I mean, yeah. you know, they talk about the windigo. Yeah. and there's different variations of that. Because you brought up something, you know, the religious aspect. I don't, you know, I did paranormal for a while. I'll be honest with you. I think, you know, and people don't attack me, don't attack Eric. Demons and far and few between. Most if they come with something that's gonna be, you know, obnoxious or whatever, most likely it's just they were that way when they were alive, human. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they were you know, they were assholes when they were alive, <laughs> you know. So or or uh if you want to go uh with poltergeist, most poltergeists. And some people tell me I'm wrong. Whatever, uh, are juveniles, juvenile entities that just got caught in this world, you know. Yeah. But you know, and that's another aspect. You know, if you want to go, you know, alien. <clears throat> I don't go. And this is why. This is. And you know, and people tell me I'm wrong. I don't care, because uh, like I said, I think they're flesh and blood. But isn't it? Doesn't everybody say they're elusive? Right? They're mm-hmm. elusive. Okay. Well, doesn't everybody also say that they're curious? Right. I mean, what are most sightings? They're either hiking trails, campgrounds. They say they got campgrounds, they like to watch women, they like to watch kids, you know, and roadside. Well, okay, L- let me put it to you this way, it's the alien aspect. You're sitting in your house, you have a UFO fly over your house, you got these bright lights, you're looking out like what? What the hell is that? Aren't you gonna go outside and look to see what that is? Isn't curiosity gonna get the best of you? You're gonna go see what that light is? Sure. Don't you think you know that's happening in a Bigfoot's living room? Don't you think they're gonna do the same thing? I mean, come on, man. They're not they supposed to be like the apex predator? Yeah. So they fear nothing. So don't you think they would go, and, you know, everyone see my by UFOs? Well, yeah, they're looking up thinking, What is that? That's my theory anyways. You know, I I try to make, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an intellectual. I'm not, you know, I got some college education, but I'm not, you know, I I keep things simple. I like keeping things simple. And it just seems logical to me that, well, you know, and if they're supposed to be more human than sapien or ape or whatever you want to say, well, don't you think they'd think the same way as us? And like, Hey, that's just my theory, though, folks. Okay. That, you
0: know. Well, you know, we we were talking about before we started recording. Um, I was saying to you that you know, no matter what your level of involvement is, whether you're an enthusiast, whether you're somebody that hosts a podcast that talks to people that have experiences, whether you're somebody that's outside uh, boots on the ground investigating, whether you are heading up a, a you know a tech heavy uh, paranormal group. Um, Every every level of what we do and the involvement that we have has value. Not everybody not everybody's going to be a uh, an Adam Davies and be a a worldwide explorer that you know can just go run around wherever he wants to go for however long he wants to be there. You know, um, you know, and God bless him for what he does. But not all My of us friend can do Adam. them. You
1: he know? Is, he's Indiana Jones of the cryptozoological <laughs> world, man. Yeah. I love Adam. Uh, he's a great guy. Yeah,
0: he's a great guy. Um, but, you know, I mean, you've got something that far on one, one aspect of the scale. And then on the other end of the scale, you have people like yourself who are going out on the weekends and trying to make heads or tails out of, out of all this stuff because you saw something years ago that shouldn't be. You know, so I, I, I mean, well, I don't, I,
1: I saw from a few times, <laughs>
0: you know, and I think there's a there's a value to people sitting around having conversations like this, because if if one person who listens to this says, oh, shit, that makes sense, because that that fits their paradigm, then, you know, everything we've done here tonight is is for a good good reason. Well, oh, yeah,
1: and, you know, I, I agree to that. I don't I don't put anybody's experience down. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, you're wrong, you know, because I wasn't there. You know, I just, I mean, some of it will sound far-fetched to me, but I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, I'm not going to tell them that because I don't know. I did not experience that. Everything, you know, I, I've experienced, I know I've had three, I know for sure confirmed sightings, a possible fourth one. And it's all been flesh and blood related. I didn't see him disappear when they were walking. You know, some say they do the, uh, the, uh, predator cloaking, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like the, uh, uh, what was that? The, uh, the Lima monster or whatever that was down there, or the, the lady was bow hunting. And oh yeah. She's, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I, maybe she saw an alien. I don't know. If it was, you know, who knows? Sure. Only they know, you know. That's like you know, just earlier when we were talking about, you know, the sightings, I talked about to Monroe. I mean, you know, supposedly he grabbed her by the arm. Yeah. Tried to pull her out of the car. and Her
0: mom, you know, left, so. Left her with a black eye, didn't
1: it? I I don't remember. There's a full report that her son did on that, too. I read all that. But that was about a year ago. So, I want to, you know, eventually I want to do a thing on that again. Yeah. More I, depth.
0: But, I, I, about a year ago, I was... Trying really hot and heavy to uh, to get an interview, and uh, there's just no interest. She doesn't doesn't want any part of it. Which well, know, I can't son
1: did. A, her son did a YouTube about it. Mm-hmm. Did you try contacting him?
0: I I did, uh, but I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't as interested to speak with him. I, I was really wanting to speak with her.
1: Hands on, I get yeah, it. Again.
0: You know, so no disrespect to him. Uh, I mean. It was just a matter of, you know. And that's that's when I was really digging into the the Dewey Lake monster because, you know, it was months apart. Uh, it's basically a straight shot from Dwajak due east across the state uh, to Monroe. So, you know, I was trying to draw into, uh, you know, a possible correlation, you know, if, if the Dewey Lake monster had moved on and was migrating to the east for whatever reason, you know, could we have been dealing with the same same situation, the same creature. Um,
1: uh, you know, that's, that's a thought because uh, I wondered about that. Cause I, you know, I looked at the uh, BFRO and you know how they do state by state, break mm-hmm. it down county by county. And I was just oh, almost said a bad word uh, <laughs> messing around. <laughs> and all the Southern counties like, you know, the Monroe sighting and then you know, that's Monroe County. And in Monroe County, you have Lenaway County, which has the Irish Hills area, Wampler's Lake and all that. Uh, it has, uh, Lake Hudson. If you look, there's sightings around Lake Hudson. Well, then just west of that, well, you got lost nations and Hillsdale. And then you're talking cold water and all those areas and the Dewey Lake. And I, I took a time. And I started tracing a little bit, like, the areas from uh lake hudson area i drove around hudson lake we're deciding that reported just on the bfro there's probably more i just went off theirs and there there's all there is almost a line a trail all the way across so yeah. your theory there might be something to that yeah
0: you know and i mean to compound that um to to kind of take up the space in between dwadjack and the cold water area um the gentleman that appeared in my second and third episode, opening day, um, the hunting property that he was on was in Jones, Michigan, which is, you know, um, prob Jones. So you know that's that's an hour west of of Coldwater, and then another forty five minutes west of that is Dewajack. You know, so I mean, there literally are footprints of these things going due east across the state. You know, and the only re- and the only reason that I, I present it as moving from west to east is because of the timeline of the sightings. You know, sixty four in into Dawajak on the west side of the state, and then moving across the state, the the dates coincide with later dates. So that's the only reason I, you know, if there is any migration to it it, it, it happened from west to east.
1: Is it, is it migration or could it be like, you know, cause I, I, I think, I don't know how you're going to word it. Like I think they're in a pack or a group, you know, maybe a, like a family group mm-hmm. and could it be, this is, this is kind of where I'm at because I mean, I, I don't know if they're migratory or not. I have no clue, but you know, like a wolf pack. You know, you got you know, the alpha male, the alpha female. Mm-hmm. Now, when if you got a juvenile, you know, male Bigfoot that's coming, you know, becoming of age, you know, the alpha male, the 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 dad, the old man, whatever, you know, is he gonna push him out and say, you know, you go start your own pack? You know, are they the ones that could be possibly migratory?
0: Well, I'll I'll throw one of my strange, and please don't laugh at me. Uh, anybody, you know, these are just these are just theories. These are ideas that pop into my head. Um, so, where does the sun rise? In the east. Ah, right? East. Yes. And it yes. sets in the west. Correct. Yes, so it does. When the sun rises it increasingly becomes warmer and warmer throughout midday and then as it begins to set typically the heat of the day begins to cool off so what if what if a an intelligent but simpler minded beast recognized that if they traveled in the direction of where there's always warmer temperatures coming, when that sun comes up and they feel the heat and they start walking towards the sun, and then as the sun sets, they recognize that it gets cooler, and then they wait until the next day and the sun comes back up and it warms up again and they continue to move towards the, the heat. You know, we've got GPS, so we can go wherever we want and not have to worry about where the sun is or anything. You know, it's, it's just one yeah, of those but things. Would, what,
1: wouldn't, that be,
0: wouldn't that be north and south, though?
1: I mean, I give you some sort of sunrises in the east, sets in the west, but, you know, the seasons change as the earth tilts on its axis a little bit, too, Yeah. you know, as it was rotating around. Yeah. So wouldn't that, like, I, I would think the migration would be a little south. Because, like you get a hilly area, I mean, you look at snowfall. You know which in the little valley, which which side,
0: uh, melts first. I get I get what you're saying. I do, and that makes more sense. But from an animal that might not have the the acuity that we do to know that southern states stay warmer and northern states stay cooler, it makes sense to me that you would you would always walk in the direction of where the heat was coming from. And if they're going off that by the sun, I don't know. It's, it's as crazy as any other uh, you know, theory, but it, it's something that oh, yeah. kind I, of popped into my head. And it's like, you know, I wonder if that has anything to do with why they, you know, it's been my estimation that looking at dates, and I'm not saying this is always the case, but at least in Michigan here, the dates line up with them moving from the west side of the state over to the east side of the state. You know, now that theory may go straight out the window if I start looking at dates into Ohio. If it goes completely sideways and and doesn't matter, but um, I don't. I think Ohio's a total
1: different story. What's that? You know, I'm, I think Ohio's a total different story. I mean, because you know, Ohio. I mean, you know, look at. Look at where I live. You know, it's basically flat agricultural, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, and again, I I live in the uh, Oak Openings region, which is a unique region in itself. It's sandy. Well, that's kind of what Oak Openings is. Just to simplify things, Oak Openings is a floating sandbar. From, you know, days when Lake Erie at one time, went all the way to uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hmm. I mean, if you look at a typo map, you can see it. It basically, you know, follow the Maumee river from Fort Wayne to Maumee Bay. You can see it in the typo map, you know? So, but then you get, you know, you go east and south, or now you're getting into the foothills of the Appalachians, slash the Appalachian mountains, Mm -hmm. you know, and, I think you know, and there's a section here in Ohio that gets quite a bit more rainfall than other areas, you know, because a lot of people use that theory, you know that's why they you know, I mean what's the Pacific Northwest? And you know the coast of Alaska that you know goes down into British Columbia and all that stuff. That's all rainforest, sure. you know, so does that you know does that why maybe Eastern Ohio? Salt Fork, uh, West Branch, all those areas out there. Is that why they have well, – I mean, they have more cover. I mean, a lot more forest, a lot more woods, but could it be the rainfalls? I don't – who knows, man?
0: Right. Yeah, we're just throwing all things I out knows,
1: there. All I know is I saw a big-ass one down in Tar Hollow south of Columbus in the hills of Southern Ohio.
0: Tell me about that one.
1: That, oh, man, that was another, me. me and my hunting trips, man this one was first of December in Ohio gun seasons opens up the Monday following Thanksgiving. And I went to Tar Hollow state Forest, which is South of Columbus. I don't know, 50 miles just uh, outside of Chillicothe, coffee alpha off, of, off of 50. And uh, it's just, a, it's, it's rugged country. It's, kind of a cluster of hills all by themselves because it'll flatten out but it's a cool area because you know you got Tar Hollow and then that kind of bumps in which covers three counties and, and that kind of bumps into Zaleski State Forest which kind of bumps into Hockey Hills which bumps into Wayne National Forest so you're talking you know probably a million acres of just vast wilderness rugged country and they're, you know and the one I seen, <laughs> I was on this area. It was, it was uh, Southern part of Tar Hollow. Yeah. And it was an area called the uh, the Horseman's Camp. And I was getting lazy. I quit using tree stands, and I bought a ground blind. And I was on this area because I know there was a lot of deer in there, and I could walk the valley in. It was really cool. You could walk the valley in, and you go back probably a half mile or so, and it forked. It, it, it kind of forked to uh, the northeast and to the southeast. And I was on the on the uh, north side of the valley, so I guess that would be the south slope of the hill or whatever. And there was a little shelf there, and I set my uh, ground line up. And I could cover the whole fork. And, you know, so it was a great setup. Got all set up, and then I went back to opening day. And when I go hunting, opening day, especially gun. I'm out there all day. I'm not, you know, I'm dawn to dusk, okay, because my theory is, and I've learned this, you sit there, they will come. You know, when everybody else is walking of the woods to, uh, you know, get their lunch and all that stuff, I've I've shot more deer between 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, when everybody else is out. At any rate, it was about that time everybody else was out, and I'm sitting there, and the ridge to the east, in the middle of the fork, I saw this really nice buck chasing this doe, and I watched them. Well, I thought he was chasing the doe, and all of a sudden, you know, I heard stuff bracket, and all of a sudden there was this big, huge. He was, he was nine and a half foot. If an itched to see, was a monster, big red, and he just he basically followed the same path as those deer, and I'm watching him. I, I got scared. I got scared. I mean, I'm using a one-ounce slug. I'm like, like, again, this was probably early 90s. Yeah, it was 93, 94 when I saw that one. I was scared to death.
0: I'm like, oh, my God, don't. Nine and a half foot.
1: Oh, if an inch, yeah, because I went and walked the ridge over there, you know, and I looked, you know, because I had, you know, I could tell from the trees where the branches were, and, you know, I'm six foot tall. I raised my arm up, you know, that's what. Eight, eight foot, raising my hand up, that's what, eight feet? You know, another two foot, my arm. And it was a foot above my arm, so, or better, so it was nine, nine and a half foot, at least. This thing was big. And, you know, he was probably, as the crow flies, 125 yards. Now, if you walked, it or you, you know, you had to walk down one hill, down the valley, you know, walk back up. Uh, it's probably two hundred and fifty. You know, uh, I call that area. Well, I, I don't think I'm allowed to say those words, so I won't. <laughs> it, was, it was Mount MF. We'll leave it there. You guys <laughs> use your imagination. And uh, yeah, and, you know, I heard them, and it's, it was such a deep. It wasn't. It wasn't a howl. It wasn't a whoop. I don't know if you want to just call it a groan. It was just kind of a, Ugh, you know, kind of, well, I can't quite do it here. I'm getting over a cold, but you know, it was deep and you, 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 you could feel it. It's like, Holy smokes. Please. But he, yeah. And he just, just that quick, he was gone too. I mean, no effort whatsoever. Just walking up. Cause like said, it's at the end of the hill where it comes to a valley. So it's like up one side is down the other there, you know, just yeah. like, and it would, would, and then I start thinking, you know, because you're sitting there, you know, just like to trick You sit there, so you got time to think. And I'm like, oh God, he's heading towards my camp, you know. And I'm like, what the fuck I do now, man? Do I go to camp? Do I sit here? What do I do? You know, I said, well, I got a gun. I was, but I, I sat there till dark. I wasn't about to leave. I was going to wait because I was, you know, I didn't know where he was. That that was scary. You said it was
0: red in color?
1: Yeah, it was red.
0: Like orangutan?
1: Kind of like a rusty, yeah. I mean I wouldn't say like, you know, like a like a ginger type Mm -hmm. red. You know, like like you know, not like carrot top type, but but yeah, I would say, you know, reddish brown, but it had a red tint to it, definitely. It was you know, bright sunny and he was up there where he was. I mean, there was trees, but there was
0: sunlight because it was to the east. Could you recognize any coloration of the skin?
1: No, not really, because I really wasn't looking. I was just looking at the whole thing in general. I mean, Mm -hmm. that, I was, I was awestruck, you know, that, like I said, the first one I laughed because it was little and at first I thought it was a bear and I had time to, that thing, he was like, you know, I I seen no deer cross, you know, and then I look again and there he is. I'm like, oh my God. Know that one because he, he was walking and it's like I I didn't pay attention to that I was you know I was freaking out. I don't blame that you. one I was freaking out.
0: That, you know? a, I mean I know he couldn't
1: see me but then I thought can could, could he see me because I'm in a camouflage ground blind you know those little pop up ones. Sure, I've got one. Okay, well that's what I was in. You know, and I'm like, does he know I'm here? I'm thinking well, he's you know well because the way I set it up I set it up around a bunch of brush and like you know, a couple of downfalls you know like the you know, where it's heavily branches and stuff to cover up the outline even though it's camouflage to cover up the outline of the ground line you know and and with the valley because I was still in the valley I'm like can he you know I don't think he can smell me because I was deer hunting and you know like you wash the scent off and, and, you know, cover scent. People use cover scents, which I had, you know, scent out around my blind. And uh, when I wash my hunting clothes and all that stuff, uh, I use these dryer sheets. They smell like dirt. Yeah. You know, so, and another thing that I use, like on my other stuff, is uh, I'm big using cedar. And the reason is, is because no matter where you go, there's cedar. So, that's just a natural set, no matter where you go. You know, again, that's just the way I think. You know, I could be wrong. But, you know, he didn't seem to notice me, but, you know, and kind of a side note that I've noticed in my own little surveys since I got into Bigfoot, uh, this is just my theory. and This is just from what I hear from other people. Red ones seem to be more aggressive
0: than the too. others. So... Uh, I'm sorry to
1: that. Uh, that's that's right I think they're a little more aggressive because I've talked to so many people and they've all you know that had encounters with they seem to be a little more aggressive. They're the ones that, you know, seem to take people's chickens or mess with their livestock or, you know, kill their dogs. I got a great story. I met these people that were in Tar Hollow and their property is landlocked. It's surrounded by Tar Hollow. And I said, these people, they live like, and I I hate to say this, I don't want nobody to get mad at me, like the people from the movie Deliverance. You remember (laughs) where they were doing the dueling banjos? (laughs)
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. mean. The
1: Homestead house was burned out and and decapitated and whatever. And they lived in this trailer, and they only lived in, half the trailer because half of it was burned out Oh, Jesus! i mean you know and they heated with wood they had to come outside to use the well for water and uh i would go down because i mean these people they were so nice and friendly they let me hunt their property and i went down there once in a while i'd go down like in the spring you know because they were nice to, you know i'd just go day down there and you know Bring them stuff, like you know, clothes that you know we didn't use. You say, "Hey, can you guys use these?" Sure. And matter of fact, I went down there with my son and his dog that he has today. We got from them. Well, I went down there and I was joking around. I said, "Well, what do you guys, you know, think of Bigfoot?" And first thing I lose his mouth was, "Oh, they smell like hell." I'm like, "Really? No, mind you, they don't have." Yeah, they don't have TVs. When they listen to the radio, they're sitting in the, their car to listen to the radio. And Earl goes, oh, God, Earl, was sweet. He goes, those loud son of a bitches keep us up at night with their whooping and whopping and howling. And I'm like, wow. okay." No I go, well, where are they at? And they just point, you know, their, their main road comes in to the east, and then they got uh, basically an easement for a driveway because they have to go through about two acres of state land to get to their place. And I decided driveway is a crick and then straight up just mountain. Well, not straight up, but I'm not walking it. You're not walking it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they just pointed there. And then they pointed to the West, the other way of their property, you know, and I'm like, so they're all around. And they go, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I so, said, okay. And that was, you know, Shortly after that when I had my encounter, you know, I was basically camping across the street from where they lived. Well, a couple of years later, I uh, went back and stuff, because like I told you, you know, I'd go down there every spring and just, you know, you know, I'd take Lucy a fruit basket because she likes fresh fruit and I'd just take some old clothes for Earl. And, and remember I told you my son got a puppy from them. And I got to says, Well, where's your dogs? He said, well, they're all, they were all killed. I go, what? And Lucy says, yeah. She said, every one of them, uh, the, the mother of my son's dog and all the pups that they kept, their throats were ripped out and their genitalia was ripped out. Yeah. That's terrible. And I didn't know. Is that? Yeah. And I'm like, I always kind of thought that because that's, isn't that like, you know, getting into the weird. I don't know if it's aliens, kind of like the crop circle stuff, you know, where the uh, animal
0: mutilations. Cattle mutilations, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, but then I don't know, maybe, you know, the Bigfoot might have did that, you know, because like I said, those red ones, that's what I saw down there was red. I don't know what else could have done it. I There you are. <laughs> that, I know uh, Tar Hollow is kind of a cool area because down there, uh, they do have bobcats, Bigfoot. Deer, coyote, turkey, uh, rattlesnakes. They do a lot of rattlesnake studies down there at Tar Hollow really? for Ohio. Yeah. And, you know, that's something else you got to watch out. And like I said, they got, you know, the bobcats. And, you know, like, uh, you know, before we started, you know, doing the podcast, if you remember, I told you I'd seen some black, big black cats. Why wouldn't they be down there? Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, that I know we're going cryptid there. And mountain lions. I, I, I. They're here. So I don't know. It's just, you know, weird things happen down there. And I've had other people that, that I'm, you know, friends with on Facebook and Bigfoot groups that are from that area. And yeah, you know, that's a that's, – that, that was my second encounter. And that, that one freaked me out down there. And, and you know, having Earl Lucy tell me reports. And that's, that's only, you know, hundreds of yards away from where I had my
0: sighting you know so and that was the red one right
1: yeah that was the big red one that yeah i call him big red
0: you know and so many times so often you hear how you know dogs are are not a uh, a welcome addition to to the area when they're around you always hear about people talking about you know the the they don't like dogs or you know for whatever reason and then i i think it was was it in tom uh Todd mason's episode his dog uh would go up into into the woods and come back smelling like absolute hell and seem to uh seem to get excited when it would see a a bigfoot statue at the at the one store that they would go to it's like you know i I don't know is is yeah you know but again you you said you're talking about the ones in ohio uh and the red ones seeming to be more aggressive um you know maybe that's got something to do with it who knows
1: I have I have a friend of mine who uh, lives down in Gallia County, Ohio, which is on the river. It's southern Ohio. Matter of fact, uh, where he lived, he would watch the fireworks from Point Pleasant, West Virginia. That's, that, oh, wow. you know, really? and he was having problems. and. He was getting upset, you know. It was a big red one. He he had where he lived down there. He had habitual sightings because he would ride his dirt bike and all that, and he would sit there and tell me stories about these uh, two juvenile black ones. They would watch him ride his his, you know. He had like uh, I don't know if it was a side by side or little like Honda Odyssey type go kart or whatever, you know, and ride around. He said, and they would sit there and watch him. And he would talk to them, you know, like he, he'd be like, well, hi guys. Hi fellows. How are you today? You know, cause he could see them. They sit up on top of him and watch them. And you know, he, he, you know, he's out there every day. He's seen their parents. They were black. They, 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 the juveniles. He said he didn't see their parents too much, especially the dad. You didn't see him too much. But a why he seen a mom like they she'd come and take, you know, the younger ones away. He said, he was in zero times. He didn't see them. and He said, every time he did not see them is when the big red one come around. He said, the big red one would come up to his cabin because he had a cabin outdoors that he lived in, take his dog food because he'd have his dog food in a garbage can, which a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had chickens. And he's, he's, you know, the damn thing's taking my chickens again. And he, he, he was getting mad. He says, That's it. He goes, I'm going out there. He goes, he goes, I'm, I'm going to kill this son of a bitch. I'm tired of this. You know, he goes, I don't care about the black ones. I love them to death. He goes, but that big white one, he's got to go. And, you know, I don't, I I kind of take it with a grain of salt, okay, because he started getting bizarre. And like, he told me he did shoot one. And he goes, I dropped I dropped him. I know I dropped him. He goes, I came home, got on my phone. I called my cousin, called my uncle. You no, know, and they came out, they went to go get it. It was gone. Well, you know you, I, you hear that story all the time, you sure. know but then uh about a ever, year later
0: did he ever have any repercussions after shooting the one did uh, did they retaliate?
1: That's when that was right after he shot that one is when big red started getting more aggressive
0: is that is that when the dogs came up being killed?
1: Well, this is a different people. This is my buddy down in Galley County.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: And and his dog come up missing, you know, and that's when he started seeing that big red one, and he was getting aggressive and stuff. And, uh, well, he said he shot it. He said, I did not kill, but I shot him. And he sent me videos. And then again, I don't know, because, folks, I don't care what anybody says, pictures can be deceiving. Even though people say pictures tell a thousand stories, Pictures can be deceiving. Absolutely. He showed me, you know, blood. But, you know, was it blood? I don't know. It was the camera. You know, and he said, look, I told you, I shot him. I shot him. You know, but he couldn't find him. So, and he told me other stories, you know, like, he told me that because where he lived, it was not far from the southern part of Wayne National Forest. And he told me that a federal agent or game warden, I don't know what you call it, I guess a ranger, I guess, come to his house and uh, you know, said, hey, and told him that, I guess, you know, again, I take it with a grain of salt, so people don't don't quote me on this, please. I'm telling a story from another person, so this is that uh, there was an incident back up on top of the hill behind this place where uh, a big red one uh basically tackled a side-by-side like a ranger, knocked it off the side of the hill, dented the side of it, and, uh, oh, you know, put the people in the hospital. And the agent says, goes, I can't do it." this, but I want you to go kill it. And my buddy's looking at him, goes, me? And the ranger looks up in the tree, he says, yeah, you seem to be pretty good. He takes his deer heads up in the tree. Oh. <laughs> You know, it's like I'm from Michigan to so you know, Yeah. you know, so I'm not saying he's poachers. poacher. <laughs> I ain't saying that. But he says, yeah, you seem to be a pretty good shot. And he goes, I know who you are. I know what your record is. So, yeah, you're going to do this favor for me. And, you know, he said, okay. And i never heard anything after that. So I don't know if he ever did. Again, that, that story is far-fetched. That is one of those stories where I kind of roll my eyes and like, yeah. Okay, that that's a little hard even for me to believe. I mean, you know, I mean I'm pretty open minded, but that that that's I that was just what I was told, folks. I it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> that's was just what I was told. But
0: that is a tough one to swallow, but if it's true, that's crazy.
1: Well, you know, I don't know about you, but I've heard other stories kind of similar to it, be it YouTube or yeah. You know, I don't know about Absolutely. your podcast or other podcasts, you know, stuff like that. Because, you know, with my line of work, Monday night's podcast night, I listen to all the podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that was, that's bizarre. He, he invites me to go down there. Come on down here. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm all into Bigfoot, but
0: I'm not into getting my ass kicked by one. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So. <laughs> no, I don't blame you there. But, I don't blame but you there. Yeah. Hey, before we wrap not- this up, um, talk about those black cats a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah, that was a trip. Uh, I run from Northwest Ohio to Columbus, Ohio. I, I drive truck. I, I'm a line haul driver. I work for a small LTL company. LTL is less than truckload. People like Yellow Expo, you know, where they pick up a crate here, to get here, and pop there. They bring them all in in a the day. They put them on my truck at night, and I take it to Columbus to the brake ball. Then they take it off my trailer and distribute it to wherever it's got to go. Well, one night I was on my way down to Columbus, and uh, from Mount pillar to Columbus, is really, there's no expressways. I mean, I could take the Turnpike 75, but it's really going out of the way. So I take two lanes. I take... Uh, 15 to US 6 is to 75, then the family pick up 68. I take 68 south to uh, Kenton, Ohio, then I get on 31 and take it to 33. Well, 31 between Kenton and Marysville, uh, I can't remember the name of that small town. I think it was, yeah, I hope I'm saying it right. Bahilia? It's still the weird. You know, I thought it was Bahala, but I think it's Bahilia. Well, uh, I'm going, you know, down the road. And all of a sudden, this big black cat from left to right jumps from the left shoulder, one leap, center line of the road the divider, another leap, and gone. And it was a cat. I mean, it had feline features. That sucker had to be the body was three and a half, four foot long. The tail was muscular, and it was same length of the body, three and a half, four foot long, round tip, black, jet black, blue black, because it was right, right on my headlights, you know, and it was like, did I just see that? It wasn't a small cat, because not even, a, you know, a house cat is going to do that, you know, I mean, and, and actually the same thing happened again, about a year later, in the same general area, and I'm like, and then, you know, that's what questioned me, I'm like, Okay, is this the same cat? Because you know, if there's one there and it's been there for years, well, wouldn't there be another one around? Because people's been seeing them for years. So, but yeah, it was right after that uh, I started using dash cameras. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna catch another one. You know, but uh, I got to tell you, those that was my cats. I I've been looking ever since. And another weird thing is, Southern Ohio is part of the area where they have the wampus cat. I don't think it was that, but it, it was big black cat. I mean, I said, you know, it had the feline features. It it wasn't a coyote. It was bigger than a coyote. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a deer. Definitely. It had feline features, you know, the pointy ears, you know, the, the feline facial features and that long muscular broomstick type tail. You know what I mean? Which, you know, and it was, it was like, I mean, this is like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I'm calling everybody. I'm on the phone. I'm calling my brother. You know, What are you waking me up for? You're not going to believe what I just saw. You're not going to believe this. You know? But, yeah, it's my one is weird because not only that, North of Kenton, Ohio, on 68, I saw a ghost hitchhiker. I saw him twice in the same area. What? Yeah, I see him. Alongside the road, you know, you see hitchhikers alongside the road. I'm like, Wow, what's he doing? And I look in my mirror, you know, because it's just kind of a safety. I'm on a two lane road. I look in my mirror, and my truck's lit up, man. So I can see, I I, I can see the shoulders of the road because the lights on my truck. I look in my mirror, and I'm like, Where the hell did he go? He was just there. And it ditched, it's not a deep ditch; it's just a little ditch. And there's farmhouse right there, man. I'm like, That happened twice about about in a three year period. I saw him. It wasn't, you know, and it was about the same time of year, which, oh God, it was about this time of year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you got those dash cams now.
1: Was oh it, yeah,
0: man. Well, was it the same, the g- for. was it the same, same guy? Yeah. Dress it the same,
1: same. same yeah. He, yeah. Blue jeans, hoodie, hood up, thumb out. And, you know, and I seen him, I looked in my mirror, I'm like, where'd he go? You know, The first time I did that, I stopped, because I thought, God, did I just run him over? You know? I, people do weird stuff, man, and there was yeah. nothing there. And then I seen him again in the same area, same clothes, blue jeans, hoodie with the hood up, thumb out. And it was the same incident. I looked, and he wasn't there. I didn't stop that time. I'm like, okay, I'm not stopping this time.
0: Oh, so the first time you stopped the truck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he was gone. I thought maybe I hit him,
1: like you know, and he was like stuck up underneath a ta- you know trailer tandems or something. I you know I did I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel like you know like I ran over a speed bump or anything. Because yeah. come on, man, I'm in a big truck. I drive and I I hit deer all the time, man. You know, it's not that I want to, but you know, you gotta understand what I I gotta. I'm hazmat, you know. I LTL, I gotta have hazmat, and I'm always placard and. The way I look at it, if I got to pick and choose between me and a deer, sorry, you're uh-huh. gonna, that deer is going to be a grease spot in the road because I'm not going to chance, you know, dumping, you know, corrosive or flammable or oxidizer. Sometimes I got all three on at the same time. So I'm a rolling bomb, <laughs> you know, yeah. so you I'm going to kick the deer out.
0: That's a, that Unfortunately, that's a pretty timely statement uh, with what you guys have going on over there in East Palestine.
1: Yeah, I don't want to go politics. (laughs) It is sad. That is (laughs) sad. I mean, you know, know, they're more concerned with the Ukraine. And I guess I just heard that uh, they're finding thousands of dead fish out there in East Palestine. I also heard that they're found that the Ohio River is contaminated down in Marietta. You're talking over 100 miles away.
0: Well, I I don't know if you're familiar with um, the big bigfoot mapping project scott tompkins does he's on instagram uh i had a show with him a while back um but he puts out maps of bigfoot like byways and um you know different cluster areas where for each different state and everything he actually did a, a map showing the the progression of the the rivers coming out of the east palestine area and with what he showed you know, a week and a half ago, those reports are starting to come up that, like you said, the, the rivers are contaminated as far down as what he was predicting. So that's a that's a damn shame.
1: Well, I, 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 I don't know about you, but there's a lot of Bigfooters out that way. I'm sorry, folks. I'm not going to say Bigfoot researchers because it's kind of hard to research something that is not there. So investigators, there. Yeah. I'll be politically correct. You know, I don't know if you know them like, you know, like, Jack Warren's out that way, and uh, Amy Bo, She lives yeah. out that way. Youngstown. She's not far, uh, you know. Uh, oh God, oh, yeah, everybody. Kim Stover. All those guys are out that way, you know, because that's not too far. Well, from Salt Fork. I know. And, and you know, you know,
0: I'm I'm going to be there in uh, the beginning of May. I'm going to be there at Salt Fork for. Uh, to support the show at, at the Ohio Bigfoot conference and it's like man it's I may close. be there
1: I might make a showing at see uh, I don't know if you know about the uh, the Pennsylvania Bigfoot project group the yeah. Facebook group yeah and and they're having their camp I think it's like the week before out there it's the Ohio Bigfoot Camp they're putting on. And it's gonna be out there at Salt Fork. And uh it's gonna be at the uh group camp there, which is a great area, man. There's uh, has got a footprint from out there. I didn't cast it but we found a footprint. I got pictures of it. Meet Jack Warren. But so yeah, that's a cool area. I don't know, man. I wonder if they're uh testing, you know, the lake out there at Salt Fork. I would think they'd test all that.
0: You would think. A damn I don't shame. Know, it's The damn shame speaking of speaking well, of uh footprints um <clears throat> i've got a uh i've got a line with a, a lady uh down in louisiana who is going to be sending me a print here in short order of uh, uh it, from the photographs that i've seen uh it looks like it's a a very good print of a of a juvenile
1: Wow! Yeah, I only yeah. know one other person that has that. that well, you know who Kim Stover
0: is, right? I know the name. I don't know him personally.
1: Well, he he is well, Bigfoot Hunters Group. He has a cast that he casted probably about ten years ago, of a juvenile footprint, and it's only like six inches long.
0: Yeah, this it's one, a small one. This one looks like uh, she does. She hasn't put a. Uh, a measuring tape to it yet i guess but it, i would say it's somewhere in the neighborhood of six and a half to seven inches and uh it's you know there there's some petiteness to it um right i, I get the impression when i see the cast i, I get the, the gut impression that it would be from a female um there is uh, you know the the heel in the mid part of the foot is is rather thick um you know like a pad yeah and uh it, it, it's odd looking you know to see you know like the ones i got behind me you know i got patty and i got uh the grays harbor cast up there um to see something as small as small as that um but still exhibiting the same features is it's kind of kind of strange puts it in a different perspective you know you're used to talking I, I about wish the- I, I wish i
1: could i wish i could have cast those ones i up there at Hillsdale, but they were on that sandbar. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, can you see that? I don't know if you can see that. You I, see yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I last week when I did my uh, I, when I was shot the video, uh huh, and I, I come up on the creek bottom and I was taking some mud off my shoes. That was on my shoe. I don't know.
0: I uh, yeah, I saw I, you. I remember seeing the post that you put on there that you were taking when you were yeah. taking the hair off the bottom of your shoe yeah
1: that's yeah that's hair i don't know what it is but i'm afraid to take it in because i pulled it off you know dumbass me he wasn't thinking i took my fingers it's like
0: yeah hey what the hell is that and thought, oh man that's hair. not that well i screwed that up because i can take it <laughs> uh, not like any of us could afford to have it uh, dna tested anyway it's so damn expensive oh that's true
1: <laughs> that's true but you know there's going to be that person out there you know when you post something on facebook well, if it was me, I would have done that. So yeah. I would have done that. Sure. Well, you know, I, you know that, that's all fine and good, but 90% of the people get caught up in the moment, folks. Exactly. Yep. You know, so. And then, you know,
0: I'm glad you, I, I'm, that's a great way to end the show because you get caught up in the moment. It's exciting. It's fun. Uh, it, it expands your mind. It allows you to entertain things that uh, are a little bit beyond the the mundane part of our reality and dealing with the uh you know the unfortunate tragedies like you know East Palestine and what the hell's going on over in Russia and Ukraine I don't care I don't care what your political views are I don't care whose side you're on you know people are losing their lives animals are dying uh, you know it, it's just it's not a good it's not a good situation right now and if you can find a little bit of solace getting out in the woods and, and looking for a creature that may or may not exist. I believe it does. But, uh, you know, that's that's what we're here to encourage, you know. Open your mind, stay objective, stay skeptical, but keep an open mind and, and entertain the possibility that these things exist.
1: I, I agree with that. Hey, can I say one thing? Absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, y'all, I uh, I started a YouTube Okay, I've only done two, and actually they're both kind of stupid, but be nice. I'm (laughs) new at this. Learn as you go, but, uh, you know, I'm going to be posting another one probably tomorrow. Uh, But there's one thing that I close, you know, kind of like everybody has a gimmick, man. You know, uh, folks, take a kid out in the woods There's too many kids, man, are so involved that the only thing they can do is punch buttons with their thumbs and fingers. Yeah. Take a kid out in the woods, man, and let them, you know, learn some virtues and values of Mother Nature. You know, let them explore. Let them get dirty, man. Don't, you know, let them scrape their knee or get a, a, you know, splinter, man. Let kids be kids. I mean, you all grew up that way. You're still around. Yep take a kid out in the woods, let them explore, let them go nuts. You know, you never know what might happen.
0: You know, it's funny you bring that up because, you know, like we, that's the way we grew up and now you got these kids that, you know, and in a situation where somebody should uh, step up and and protect us, uh, you know, being a younger, younger, stronger, more virile person, uh, nowadays those kids they're running and hiding behind our backs, you know, and that's, that's not right. You should be, uh, you should, yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Uh, we've, we've developed into a, a soft, um, we're not, we're not creating hard people anymore, you know, and hard, hard people gotta, they have emotions, they have feelings. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, but, uh, y- you gotta get some you gotta get and some. We're balls. not even the
1: hardcore. Yeah, we're not even the hardcore ones. Think yeah. of our parents. Yeah, you know. Well, I don't know about your parents. My parents, my dad was in World War II. You know, my dad was a badass. He was a tiny man, but he was a badass. You know. Yeah. And then my grandpa. My grandfather was a farmer. You know. My parents grew up during depression. Those are hardcore. We're weak. Our kids are even softer than us. Yeah. I mean, we're the last. We're it. So people, yeah, man. Get them away from the TVs and the computers. Get them
0: outside. Yep. Dumb. All right. Tell everybody how they can find your YouTube stuff.
1: Oh, that's simple. Bigfoot Recon. Do I have a picture here? Nope. <clears throat> I don't.
0: Bigfoot uh, Recon oh. on YouTube? Bigfoot
1: Recon on YouTube. Let's just punch in Bigfoot. It took me about a week to figure out how to get that to make it easier. But yeah, just punch in Bigfoot Recon. Uh,. My first video is one of those really narrow ones because I was holding my phone wrong. And But it, and that's just me telling them what I'm going about. And folks, it's not going to be, I'm not going to be a stuff shirt. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm going to do whatever I feel like it. You know, I might be sitting here like this talking, but more often I'm hoping to be, you know, in the field. And, uh, and I'm hoping to also do uh, interviews with other researchers or investigators and, some of them are kind of uh, famous, and some of them you never heard of. So, but yeah, Bigfoot Recon at YouTube.
0: Awesome, Bob. I want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time out of your day. It's Saturday night. I appreciate you, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. I enjoyed talking with you.
1: I will definitely see you this year, Bigfoot and Brews. Yep. Yeah, I yep. will. I'll make it this year. Yes, so. sir. Okay, Eric, my friend. It's been great.
0: I appreciate you, my friend.
1: And everybody out here appreciates you and what you're doing too, man. You keep people, uh, you definitely keep people, you know, up to date on what's going on and your guests you got are unique people. Thank you. All right. I'll see you later, my friend.
0: Thank you. Good night. Uh, good night. All right, my friends. That's it for tonight's show. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Bob. It's always a lively conversation with that gentleman. He's quite the character. Don't forget, head over, check out Bigfoot Recon on YouTube. Give him a subscribe and show this guy some love. As he stated, he's just starting out. So stick with him and see what he comes up with for content. I can't stress this enough. The Uncomfortable Podcast merch store will be open only until March 5th. So if you're interested in some cool, uncomfortable gear... Head over to the link that's in the show notes and get yourself some merch. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. If you've had an experience and you'd like to have it featured on the show, please contact me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in this week, my friends. And as always, stay uncomfortable.